Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. Great to have you here with us on the 10th of August. It is a Monday. I'm Nadine. I'm here with Scuddy. Scuddy, it's a Monday. And what a day for the local market. I was just thinking to kind of mirror the uh, lousy weather we saw to start off with. Like everyone was a bit bleak and it was like absolutely bucking down with rain when I was on my way down into the uh, today. But then lo and behold, it's got fine as the days progressed and the market has gone rallied home pretty strongly. I'm not sure anyone would have expected uh, a near 2% gain was on the, uh, the offing, but that's where we are. Yeah, I mean, yes, we saw, you know, banks, miners and oil and gas falling through the uh, weekend session, bit of a mixed session on Friday in the US. Blue chip shares were higher, but we did see technology lower. So yeah, we had rising China, US trade tensions, Congress not coming to the party on Donald Trump's executive order. All of these potentially negative factors, Japan closed, Singapore closed. So. Are you just scratching your head about this near 2% gain we saw today? Well, it's like, step aside, bears. Step aside, bears. Keep going. <laughs> Onwards and upwards. Uh, it, was, it was pretty remarkable. You mentioned the, uh, the holidays, so that's a key thing. Uh, you look at what's going on. Generally, you see when volumes go down, markets and holidays, you generally see an updrift. So that's one thing. Also, the Aussie dollar. The US dollar had a big rebound on, uh, on Friday night after the payrolls report. Whether it's actually to do with the payrolls is debatable, but uh, certainly I think that may have had some influence as well, particularly when you're juicing up some of the potential earnings and offshore earners. The, I think a few people were getting quite concerned what was going on with the Aussie dollar. Uh, a lot of uh, no bullish uh, no takes out there prior to what happened on Friday evening. And we've got reporting season happening here. We had retail stocks performing really strongly. Staples rising 2.2%, but discretionary is increasing 2% overall. Kogan, it wasn't reporting season, but it certainly you know, it's favorable when it comes to what we can expect coming from the company. Adair's was out. Both those companies hitting record highs, uh, rising 98 and 11% respectively. So, you know, it's this retail story. It's the same. It's the same conversation, isn't it? It's talking about stimulus. It's mm-hmm. talking about the move to online. Uh, I know that the question is, how long can it last? But right now, Scotty, I mean, investors are obviously eating up that narrative. Yeah, it also makes me wonder how uh, how realistic the analyst forecasts have been because we've been talking about this for how long now, Nadine? Probably so, you know, months. Yeah, and, uh, here since we are. I've known you. And, and, and pretty much since we're always surprised. So it also makes me wonder about how realistic the estimates have been to go and power this. Uh, we all know what my thoughts are in terms of the sustainability. Now, do your own research, but uh, obviously a lot of good news is being priced into those stocks at the moment. We had a really interesting conversation with Johannes Fall. He's an equity analyst at Morningstar. And yeah, surprised to say that Meyer was one of his stock picks and he calls it a buy. Um, yeah, if you want to listen to why, because you don't hear Meyer and buy in the same sentence a lot He did, he did, he did add in high risk, I think you remember yeah. like, couple times, I think. Yeah. Um, but if you want to access that, you can do so via the show notes. We've got a, a reporting season 
coverage um, portion of the newsletter as well. So if, you, if you're into reporting season, as we are, and uh, you'd like to have just the top key, not only CEO interviews, but also analyst interviews highlighted, um, it's a really great newsletter to get your name onto. It's called the COB. I wonder why. Um, the other retail um, CEO, MD, that we spoke to today was Anthony Scali. So he's MD of Nick Scali. And it was interesting because Dan spoke with him and he asked him the question about JobKeeper. You know, these retailers have been big beneficiaries of JobKeeper, um, so much so that it's helping to boost their bottom line. You wonder, Scotty, the morals of collecting essentially taxpayer money and then paying out dividends to shareholders. Do you have a strong view on this? Uh, look, I don't have a strong view, but uh, you talk about redistribution of, uh, of funds and at the moment, those people who are holding uh, shares at them are generally going to be people who are more well off. So you are potentially giving money from people who are really struggling to people who are not struggling. That's one argument. But uh, others out there who say it's perfectly legitimate. It's like, you know, it's a form of stimulus in one, form, one way or another. Um, but I'd like to go and see, like with all these reporting results that we're seeing from the retailers in particular, you know, these have to be treated as one-off items. This is not going to be a permanent thing that's going to be put in place. Uh, so you've got to go and factor that into the pricing. And I still don't see that happening with a lot of these stocks at the moment. It all seems to be extrapolating near-term trends over the longer term. Well, yeah, we will see. Okay, so that interview you can access via the show notes. We also spoke with Mark Hooper. He's the MD at Sigma Healthcare. Uh, it wasn't a reporting season interview, but they are executing the sale of um, a few of their distribution centers, subsequent leaseback. And um, yeah, he talks about just what an overlooked bonus this is for Sigma shareholders, in his view anyway. So check that out. And we saw Sigma shares rising throughout the day. In fact, it uh, they finished up by more than 3%, so outperforming the broader market on that news. Okay, a couple of other stocks that we kept our eye on for big moves. Misoblast, it was up about 10%. Ooh Media, on the flip side of that, it was down by about 4.5%. Let's get to our stock of the day, why don't we? While we're still on equities, we've got a conversation to have about economics after that. But GPT Group, another one of those companies that reported today, shares were up about three quarters of 1%, so underperforming the market. It has swung to a half year net loss of over $500 million. It's the pandemic, you know? It's the pandemic, it's sucking. Uh, the rent relief has had to come through. Uh, it's got vacancies up. Uh, we spoke with our two expert guests on the call today about GPT Group. Robert Cortlett from Macro Capital. Chris McDonald, though, from Mark Morgan's started out this one. Uh, no big surprises, and the markets really yawned at this. I think they were up oh. a splash today, so uh, no surprises either way. Big question is how can they recover for here? This is a business that relies on, on uh, uh, minimal vacancies and increasing rents year on year. Now, they're the two problems that are really mm. outside of their control. I can't see how they can really push up rents in either of those spaces in the next uh, couple of years, to be honest, and just trying to hold on to existing tenants is going to be difficult. So it's a tough space. This is a very well-managed business. But if I was looking in that property space, I'd lean to the area where there is growth, and that's in the industrial warehousing space. We had their debt is down to about five million, not maturing until next year. Uh, good cash on hand, about 1.2 billion, so they're set up to do okay. Uh, but this weekend, we're seeing the reach on the office space is a real big play. Um, look, they had a dividend, uh, it was down 23% on PCP, uh, about 9.3 cents. Um, look, the commentary they gave said they're going to try and refocus their business into the logistics side of things. So they made two acquisitions throughout the year, both of them down in Melbourne. 
Uh, I think they understand as well as what the market does that retail and office space is not where you want to be. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned a few times, Koshi, that we don't like the real estate um, space per se, construction. So we'd try not to be there. If you had it, we'd, uh, we'd lighten it on any kind of rally. Uh, I think that's up about 2% today, but the market's uh, pretty strong today. Okay, and that was Robert Cortlett from Macro finishing the thoughts there on GPT Group. All right, Scuddy. We did have a household survey out from the ABS. Look, it was interesting just when it came to who's likely to wear a mask, how we're feeling about wearing masks, our general sentiment around how our behavior has changed. But again, it was from May. I mean, things have moved along quite a lot since May. We had a Chinese inflation report as well. So we did see Chinese um, PPI coming in at, well, it came in, factory gate prices fell at a slower pace in July. And again, I know that we have to talk about how we read these uh, manufacturing reads, et cetera, because it is all in perspective. Um, but it's, it's later in the week, isn't it, that we're really looking forward to this Chinese data? Yeah, we get uh, the data dump, as it's uh, affectionately known in financial markets. So yeah, it is. We get the uh, industrial, <laughs> yeah, even, even the economists refer to it as the yeah. data dump, which I find quite amusing. But uh, yeah, in, uh, industrial output, uh, fixed asset investment and retail sales are the three biggies. We also hear information about uh, unemployment rates and the like. But uh, certainly, given what we've seen in some of the, uh, the recent data from China, be it the PMI data or the other uh, trade figures that were released, particularly the commodity side of things, uh, we're expecting some pretty good results there. I think all eyes are going to be on the retail sales print, though, because you've got to go and see some of that sustainable uh, demand being brought forward. You know, you've got to see that consumer coming back. Otherwise, it's all fine and dandy to go and make lots of stuff, but there's no demand for it. That's obviously going to be problematic. There was some good news in the other uh, trade data as well last Friday, as it we saw a, a pickup in uh, in exports uh, going out of China. So maybe demand is starting to improve in those uh, those big economies, including the United States. So if we work through the week and we get positive industrial output, fixed asset investment, if retail sales misses, will we still see a supportive environment for commodity prices? Well, it's going to go and raise question marks on the sustainability because you've got to have demand coming through as well. And you know, we're seeing a lot of very noisy indicators recently, uh, which makes it very hard to decipher what's going through. But let's be honest, the, uh, the consumer in China is now the biggest part of the economy. You know, there's no better place given the environment we're in at the moment when it comes to geopolitics to go and have that working well. If that's not looking strong, then it's going to raise a few questions as to whether this industrial renaissance we're seeing in China uh, can continue. Okay, so that is later in the week tomorrow. Well, tonight in the U.S. we have the Jolts job openings, which is not as insightful considering the state of the employment market there. We get also the NFIB, so that Small Business Optimism Index. I think that'll be an interesting one to read into. Here at home tomorrow, 11.30 a.m., we get the NAB Business Confidence Read for July. So it will encompass some of the rising COVID cases in Victoria, but I don't know how much of the lockdown it will encompass. It'll be interesting, though, to see how businesses are feeling about, well, about investment going forward. That will have a knock-on effect when it comes to employment as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's going on there, and particularly the timing of it. That's what it comes down to. And unfortunately, like so many other indicators at the moment, if you just miss Mm -hmm. a headline or a change of policy tact, then it becomes near redundant. Now, not saying that it's going to be like that, but certainly you've got to go and look at when the survey was conducted and then go and overlay what was happening at the time there. Obviously, we saw the news about Victoria in particular at the start of this month. Uh, That's probably not going to be captured in that NAB survey. It'll be interesting to see what's going on with the consumer confidence side of things. We've got a couple of readings, Mm -hmm. one from ANZ and one from Westpac. 
on Tuesday and Wednesday respectively, and that might provide some insight, particularly the ANZ one, which will go and capture what was going on in Victoria uh, earlier this month. Yeah, um, we get the ABS weekly payrolls and wages at 11.30. This is a big one um, because it is more high frequency than the official ABS read, but also um, because it'll give us some insight into you know actual people working. But this again is for the week ending the 25th of July. And that's not really gonna take into consideration this this Melbourne lockdown. Yes, it will talk, I think, about border closures and about some of the rising concern about COVID in Victoria, but it's not, it's not, you know, really going to tell us what's happening on the ground now. No, so a couple of things to look at on that is that we've seen continuously the ABS has revised up their prior figures for that release. Mm -hmm. But the thing that we saw in the last survey was that there was actually a decline in almost all states and territories. We're looking out to see whether that's continuing because if there's another decline, and if there's not an upper revision in particular, then it's a pretty pessimistic sign. It will suggest that there's second round layoffs occurring across the country. Okay, well, we'll be on for that. I look forward to that. We'll get some analysis live as it happens as well. We've got great guests speaking of. We'll be speaking with um, Kevin Shi, Chief Economist, China Economist at Commonwealth Bank. Anthony Doyle, Portfolio Manager at Fidelity International is at 10.20 a.m., We'll be speaking credit, I know you love it, with Rod Hamer. He's fund manager at Wentworth Williamson. There's one for you, Scotty. And uh, yeah, the day goes on with Tobias Yale. He is portfolio manager at Wilson Asset Management. And it's a Tuesday. So Martin Crabb, chief investment officer at Sean Partners, will be joining us to talk the day over. He'll be talking reporting season, what happened that day. He'll be talking about what's to come up on Wednesday. And the big one when it comes to Wednesday, of course, is CBA's full year results. Yes. Biggest uh, bank in the country by some distance now, and uh, obviously a fan favorite out there from many uh, people. So everyone's watching what's going on with dividend policy and also bad debt provisions. How they're going to be able to go and capture what may lay ahead in this environment, well, we'll find out on Wednesday, but I'll be interested to see what they're going to do. Yeah, we'll be speaking with CEO Matt Common as well. Actually, Koshi will. Um, so looking forward to that one. There's tons coming up this week. Really hope you join us for it all. Really hope you listen to the COB. In the meantime, Scotty, let's call it a day and let's look forward to doing it tomorrow. Sounds good to me. See you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.